When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, draft 412. It's sealer talk time. We got three of the four horsemen here. We got Emmett Mann up in the left-hand corner. We got Joe 412 down below. Guys, Steelers won. Big game. Uh, maybe not the prettiest of victories, but a 23-18 to 18 victory over the Raiders. Um, three interceptions and four sacks for the defense, Joe. Um, do you feel the Steelers' defense is starting to click now, even without Cam Hayward? Do you feel like the defensive line is starting to um, starting to um, you know show – the young guys are starting to show up for uh, Hayward's absence? Uh, yes and no. I think uh, Keanu Benton has definitely showed that he can play in this league and has made an impact, albeit one that you have to look for uh, only because, you know, interior defensive linemen don't get the credit for doing some of the stuff he does. But folks like us that have eyes for that kind of stuff, see how impactful he's been over the last two weeks, not just last week against the Raiders. Uh, same with DeMarvin Leal. I mean, I think that he's played well, uh, I didn't see him as much in the in the Raiders game, but Benton was definitely somebody who uh, made an impact there. And of course, Herbig uh, has done a pretty good job in spot duty uh, on the defensive line, putting pressure here and there. We saw him with a you know a the big uh, face mask from Deshaun Watson a few weeks ago. But you know, I would I would caution optimism in the sense that they were playing the Raiders, and the Raiders aren't the world beaters that the San Francisco 49ers are. And, you know, even though they they've done well and they played well against Cleveland and the Raiders back to back. And this week, uh, you know, the challenge is the Houston Texans and technically on paper, they should take advantage of them too. 
Uh, and they're just doing what they're supposed to do. So it's hard to argue that they haven't showed up. Uh, you know, the, the three picks, Levi Wallace's two picks, Patrick Peterson, they're playing well. Joey Porter played well in that Cleveland game. Um, there's clear improvement, uh, but I'd like to see what they do when they play someone that should be making the playoffs. Uh, and uh, we'll see that here with Baltimore the following week. Emmett, um, one of the things you were worried about uh, last week, we all were worried about the uh, run defense. They only gave up 69 yards to the Raiders. And I know the Raiders have struggled all year, but they do have Josh Jacobs. Do you take that as a as a good sign to the defensive line and the, and the defense that they were able to stop them? Moderately. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of what Joe said is true. Uh, it's amazing how your defensive rankings can improve or – Go go down depending on the opponent, and you can only play the opponent that's lined up across from you. So I think that's part of it. Uh, the fact that the Steelers were out in front most of the game kind of takes the run away uh, from a team that's that's trailing. So that's part of it. But hey, you know, sixty nine yards against the guy that I believe led the league in rushing last year. Or, um, you know. Uh, Build on it. There's, you know, don't apologize for it. It was a good, good performance. All right, Emmett, we're going to stick with you. And this is uh, our our fourth guy that's not here. This is his uh, this is his bread and butter question. He's getting this these stats tattooed on his arm as we speak. Kenny Pickett was sixteen to twenty eight for two hundred and thirty five yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, how much of an improvement did you think he made from? from uh, the first two games to week three? Well, clearly, uh, you know, no inter- no interceptions, a touchdown pass. He's, he's looked better. He's looking more co- comfortable. But uh, that zero under the interception line comes with a big, fat asterisk <laughs> uh, in that uh, a defensive back, proving why he's a defensive back, had one hit, hit him right in the hands. Coulda, shoulda, woulda been a pick six, but you know, if candy or you know, if 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 and butts were candy and nuts, every day be Christmas. But that's the kind of pass that could have changed that game around. And uh, I was watching uh, a, a guy by the name of a uh, Ted Wynn, uh, who who breaks down uh, all twenty two uh, uh, video of games, and, and he was he was displaying that they're they're still a big problem with, with Kenny Pickett. When you rush him up the middle, he's, you know, he bails in a hurry and more often than not, he ends up throwing it away, but you know, B plus they won. He played well enough. He was a big factor in it. He made a beautiful throw on that touchdown uh, to, uh, to, to Calvin Austin. I mean, that just, you, you can't ask for a better throw than that. Uh, and he nailed it. But uh, you know, again, it's two weeks in a row. It's great to have 70 yard plays, but I wouldn't count on that in your, in your game plan. And that does impact your, your stats. Joe, look, looking at how Kenny's looking through his progressions and um, like, like, um, like um, Emmett said about when the blitz comes up the middle, he struggles a lot. And sometimes he does, he does bell out rules around, but do you see him going through his progressions more and using, maybe using a little bit more of like a tight end area and not just looking to dump the ball out real quick to a running back or a receiver last game. Yeah. I think we saw market improvement in the last game against the Raiders. Uh, And even with Max Crosby, you know, 
and his constant pressure, you know, Kenny did better. Uh, is it where they need him to be? The answer is no. Uh, I don't think that expectations are he would be there just yet. I mean, we're in the just the beginning stages of year two. He still hasn't played an entire season of NFL football. So there's a lot of growing to do uh, in that respect. And, and every quarterback in the league that gets pressure up the middle has problems completing passes and bailing. The best quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, that was his biggest problem right? Pressure up the middle. And, you know, that's how you beat him. Right. And, um, you know, I agree with Emmett. I mean, he's got to be able to deal with it much, much better uh, than he has. Um, And I think that comes with time. It'll come with experience. Um, You know, as the game slows down for him, that, that will, that will definitely help. And if he, you know, pre-reads the pressure in the way that the defense is going to rush, that's a big part of that. Right. Emmett. I mean, I think that, you know, being able to look across the line and know where the pressure is coming from and, and then shift the offensive line to, to, to handle that, you know, or for your back to step up and take some of that pressure off you to buy you that extra half a second is what he needs to get better at doing. And his progressions are fine when he has time it's there and he's accurate and his strong armed enough to get it there, you know, but to Emmett's point, you know, Hey, there's a weakness and the NFL is going to beat you down on that weakness until you figure out uh, a way to solve that defense. And so, you know, he's got some stuff to learn and I'll bet you Tomlin and crew are on him in practice because they see it too. Right. And and as much as his, the last two games have gotten better for him, I think the best for Kenny Pick is yet to come. We'll see that halfway through three quarters of the way through the season when he starts to figure this stuff out in a more consistent manner and can play that way. All right, Joe, we're going to stick with you in, we already talked about we don't have Cam Hayward on defense. And people are – I hope they don't forget we don't have one of our top receivers on offense and uh, Deontay Johnson. When he comes back – and that this is – we've been we've been spoiled here. Hines Ward, Antonio Brown, uh, Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders. You can go down the down a long list. We, we've been very um, – Chase Claypool, if you want to con him. Um, when, when Johnson comes back, the way Austin has potential and the way Pickens is playing right now, do you think this three could be one of the best uh, triple triple uh, threesomes in the league right now, or do you think they still got some work to do? Or I mean, do you, are you excited if Johnson comes back? Do you think this uh, this offense could do some special things? Uh, no, uh, I'm not excited about Deontay Johnson at all. Um, you know, I think we've seen the best of Deontay Johnson. I mean, if, if he would have gotten better, he would have gotten better by now. Uh, and you know, I, I don't say that as a, as a criticism, as much as a reality, right? Like the guy was a, you know, a day two pick, I believe as a third round guy. Um, and he is being put in, into star receiver territory. He's just not that he's a poor man's Antonio Brown. And you, you listed four guys before and Wallace and Sanders and Brown and Heinz were all of which are better than Deontay Johnson. And he's overpaid for the position right now. We overpaid to keep him because it was a weakness on this team. I think his salary cap hit this year, and thankfully it's his last year of his contract, is $17 million. And I know he's a great team player. His teammates love him. The coaching staff loves him. Uh, but the guy hasn't proven to be that guy, right? Like he's got the speed for it. He just hasn't put it together. He's a good route runner, drops the ball a lot. Um, you know, he's just, to me, he's not that A player. He's, he's a B player. If he was our second receiver, I would be very, very satisfied 
uh, with the way that is. But I think with the emergence of George Pickens, and I'm not talking about the lucky 75-yard touchdown pass. I, he needs to be more consistent. He's got to be with his size and speed and combat catching ability. You know, if he could put on just a little bit more muscle, he is so much like DK Metcalf with a little bit more speed than Metcalf has. That guy could be an all-star uh, for this team. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about Calvin Austin. I don't know how much wear and tear he could put on that small body, but he clearly can take the top off of a defense uh, and, and score uh, in a heartbeat. Um, and so that threat excites me, you know, I, best tandem a trio, um, you know, I don't, I honestly don't know. And if you start to compare them around the league, you know, even, uh, you know, not far out of our division. I mean, T Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd are better. You know, Cleveland Browns have Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones. They're better. We're not even out of the AFC North. So, like, these guys have – some of them, the younger guys have a lot more to prove. Deontay Johnson has to prove he can stay healthy, which has been a problem for him. He's going to have to catch the ball, which has been a problem for him. And, you know, when he's there, he's – if he could elevate his game to an A receiver, I would say, yeah. You know, and but right now I think he is and will always be a B receiver. He'd be my number two and a quality quality. And there's nothing wrong with that. Teams need a great number two, um, you know, as demonstrated by some of those other teams. Elijah Moore, you know, T. Higgins, they're all great number twos uh, behind the star on that team. And I think if Pickens emerges as that star and Deontay was the number two, that's a better situation where right now Deontay is, he, Deontay is the he's the featured receiver. And I don't that doesn't excite me as much. And adding to that, what do you, how do you feel about how they're using Allen Robinson? Do you think um, when Johnson does come back, do you think Allen Robinson will still be a big part of that offense? Do you think, you know, he'll, he'll be a, pretty much, he'll still be the third receiver, I guess, depending on how they use Austin. Is he a big part of the offense now? Um, they uh, seem to be tar They seem to be targeting a little bit more than I thought they would from the beginning. He's Kenny's security blanket, uh, you know, with a, with a uh, inexperienced quarterback. Teams tend to, uh, you know, they, they, they tend to find uh, the quarterback a security blanket. Usually it's a tight end, but uh, a veteran receiver with a resume. Uh, but, uh, I mean, aside from that, uh, that conversion that sealed the game, is there anything, you know, really that he's done that has leapt off I mean, he's been consistent. He's done what he's been asked to do. Uh, but I, I can't see that they're going to all of a sudden uh, exponentially uh, target him more and, and, and go for deeper plays. Uh, I think he's there to teach the young guys, and I think he's there uh, uh, to bail out pick it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Emmett, sticking with you, um, I know the offensive line's had a lot of trouble this year. That's that's we, We've seen that in the first two games. And then in game three, you go up against possibly one of the best defensive end ru- pass, edge rushers in the league with Max Crosby uh, of Vegas. They held him to two tackles and one sack. I know holding a guy to a sack, you shouldn't brag about it, but how do you how do you feel the offensive line ended up playing in that game? Well, fairly well. Uh, you know, again, not uh, that performance last week against the Raiders was very consistent, very solid. Pretty much every aspect of the game. Uh, I, I mean, if you really have for a bit of maybe Percy Harvin didn't have a uh, one good punt. I mean, if you really are looking for something to to, to pick at nits, uh, they did okay. But uh, I'm still a little disappointed at the center of the line where most of their uh, that, you know, they're, aside from Warren seems to be making the most of the holes that are made, but uh, they're keeping, you know, they're keeping picket clean for the most part and healthy. Uh, but hey, two and one's two and one. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't hammer them too badly, but uh, uh, still waiting for that big, you know, again, whether it's Canada or not, but they, Pickett still hasn't been over 300 yards passing. Uh, I don't think they've come close to a hundred yard run. So, um, you know, it all starts with the, with the, uh, the offensive line, but uh, they haven't been nicked up. So that's good. Uh, unlike the rest of the team. So they're, you know, they're a solid unit. Joe, how do you think they handled uh, Max Crosby? I mean, you've seen Crosby on multiple plays putting pressure on, but, I mean, overall, he didn't change the face of the game like a T.J. Watt does for the Steelers. Uh, do, do you give them – do you give uh, do you give Dan Moore and Okafor a little bit of a – a little bit of a uh, – a little bit of a break on, on this game? Yeah, not really. Um, you know, I think that – uh, you know, Crosby is one of the league's best pass rushers, um, but he's not Miles Garrett and he's not Bosa. Uh, and in both those games, Dan Moore did very poorly. Uh, and in this game, he did mildly better, but a sack and a bunch of pressures and a bunch of tackles, you know, that's why they drafted Broderick Jones. They traded up to draft Broderick Jones. And, you know, in a game like this, they didn't play him. Right. And, and I still don't, I, I, I understand they got to bring these guys along at the pace and the coaches know where they are in their development. But at the end of the day, if he's better than Jones, get him out there to play. And I realize, look, if you're going to protect him against Bose and Garrett in the first couple of games, I get that philosophy too. But, you know, playing the Raiders, you know, it's a way game. 30,000 Steeler fans were there. I mean, it's almost like a home game. Um, you know, I would have done my level best to get him out there and see what he could have done on either side, right or left tackle. You know, I think Chooks is still a, a penalty machine. Um, it's been an unimpressive performance to date. This was their best game as a unit. Um, and I know that Daniels is now uh, injured. He's got a groin 
uh, issue, but I would love to see Jones and maybe this is the week we see him in Houston. Um, and you know, that follow-ups into, into Baltimore and then into the buy the early buy that they have. I'd love to see him out there cause he can't be any worse. Um, now I know they're trying to protect Pickett, and they've got enough rookies and first year guys, you know, playing out there. We just named a few at pretty much every position possible. Um, but it's been unimpressive for me and the run game still wasn't great. Emmett said it, you know, it was better, you know, they were consistent this week. Uh, but you're playing the Raiders who clearly are not a playoff team who, you know, are, are going to struggle uh, uh, again in their division. I mean, they, they probably, they'll be better than Denver, but they're, you know, I, I just don't see them you know, putting any pressure on either the bolts or the chiefs. So like for me, you know, that's a game where if you want to get a guy some experience against a top level player and if it doesn't work, you pull him and put Dan Moore back in or rotate him in and, you know, get him some experience. And they didn't, they did none of that. Um, so I was disappointed in that, I, but they did. Okay. You know what I mean? It, it was better than it was the previous two weeks. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll see what happens with Houston. I hope Jones gets a chance to play because that's what they brought him in here to do. Let the guy go, take the training wheels off and let him play and, you know, move Dan Moore around, move him out, chooks, whatever side you want to put him on. Let's try him. Let's get him in the game and, and see what the kid can do. And maybe the run game will improve because the run game hasn't been any good with Dan Moore and Chooks Okafor in the last two years. You know, and you, again, you drafted the guy for this. Put him in. Let him block. You know, I just it drives me nuts. All right, Joe. All right, guys. We're gonna get rid of the Raider game. We're two and one. Uh, not not the not the not the fanciest way to go two and one, but we're two and one. That's all that matters. Uh, we're on to play Houston. Who, guys? This is a win for us. Uh, our first year doing the uh, NFL draft. We all said that CJ CJ Shroud was the um was the quarterback that we believed would be the quarterback we would have selected at number one. And and he's he's off to a good start. Over nine hundred yards. He's averaging over three hundred yards a game. Um, Joe, we'll start with you. What, what worries you about the Texans? Anything really on offense or is it just stopping, stopping the young Shroud? Well, you know, Shroud, I think his numbers are a little inflated because they're always coming back, uh, from being behind, but you can't take anything away from the kid. I mean, he's throwing, um, and, and you're right. I mean, I think that, you know, at our, our, uh, draft day event, we all said that he was the better of the two top prospects. Uh, on the board, um, you know, and I still believe that Carolina made a mistake in, in choosing Bryce Young. Uh, Stroud, for what it's worth, uh, has been playing well, uh, and he doesn't have that many weapons. I mean, Damian Pierce has not had a good game yet. Um, and, you know, as far as the receivers go, I think the most dangerous receiver they may have on this team is is Tank Dell. You know, the rookie out of SMU, I mean, he's played, he looks like he just belongs in the NFL uh, every week he's doing well. He's scored. Um, you know, uh, Dalton Schultz hasn't. I mean, he's been kind of invisible. I'm not. I'm not scared of the offense on the defensive side of the ball. I think if the Steelers take care of business, this should be a, a, another road win. They should go into that Baltimore faceoff three and one. Um, you know, but like Emmett said before, shoulda, woulda, coulda, ifs and whats. You know, like I. You know, I, you know, I. They gotta. They gotta prove it to me. They gotta stay consistent. You know, and I think this is a week that they should pick up another W on the road uh, and uh, make up for that really poor performance uh, at home against the the Niners week one. What do you think, Emma? What, what what about Houston? What about traveling to Houston bothers you this week with for the Steelers? I mean, coming off of uh, 
two very physical games and a cross country uh, uh, trip, and then making another one halfway across the country. Uh, I th- this should be this really should be an easy one, uh, but in co- college parlance, it, it has the makings of a trap game. I don't expect that to to, to, to happen, but. We've seen it with Tomlin coach teams that they come out flat against inferior talent. Uh, but, I mean, the offensive line, they're, they're virtually signing guys off of the street. Uh, T.J. Watt or Alex Highsmith may set the single-season sack record just on Sunday. Uh, th- that offensive line is, is, is really problematic. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, this, as, as Joe said, this is really – good opportunity uh, to uh, to get Broderick Jones in and, and let him sink or swim because they're really going to need him the, uh, the week after against the Ravens. But uh, I, I don't think anyone should lose sleep. I think uh, the Steelers, they will definitely take care of business uh, handily. Um, if you've got some family things on the agenda Sunday, I think you'll be able to get to them uh, relatively early. All right, Emmett. Um, what what would you like to see the Steelers just keep improving in Week Four? Like, what have they been? They're taking like baby steps on offense, which last week was a positive step. Finally, I mean, it wasn't a big step, but what do you want to see them keep doing and just keep improving? What do they need to improve against Houston? When even if they win thirty to nothing, what do you want to see them do? I want to see a continuation of what happened against the Raiders that they seemingly found that the pl- the offensive playbook has more than three pages to it. Uh, you know, let's, let's spread things out a little bit and, and see how they were, how they respond to it. Uh, let's uh, see how the Steelers, um, you know, this is an opportunity to uh, try different things uh, for, for them. And let's, uh, uh, I, I mean, they waived Desmond King, who can barely get on the field with the Steelers, uh, in you know because they want to they want to go with younger guys. Well, you know, uh, as as uh, uh, from Cobra Kai, as they say mercy is for the weak. So go at, go after those, those those young players and demoralize them and run up the score. Yeah, we'll change it up with you a little bit. Um... What players, you already mentioned Broderick Jones. Would you like to see a lot more playing time for all the rookies in this game? I mean, not even if we're up 20 nothing. I'm just talking like from the start, from the get-go, like a, like a Joey Porter. Do you think it's ready? I know that Wallace had the two picks. Um, one was sort of a – one was at the end of the game. It was like a was, a was a bad pass. I mean, it was just a ball thrown right to him. But would you want to see the rookies get more playing time? I mean, do you think it's time for them to start – Really, I mean, really seeing the field like Porter, maybe get her a beginner just to, 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 to give some breathers. And, you know, Benton's already starting to see the field. But, like, what players do you want to see really step up or, or get some more playing time this game? Uh, so the answer to your question is, yeah, I'd like to see Broderick Jones. I've, I've, we've already talked about that, so I won't go back through that. Um, I'd also like to see some consistency between Pickett and Pickens. Uh, you know, I think this is a game with Deontay Johnson still on the shelf. Uh, I'd love to see George Pickens do a breakout game. I'm not talking about a breakout catch and go for 50 yards, 
we've already seen he's got that talent. There's no doubt. But a, a simple 10 catch, 120 yard, one touchdown performance, you know, where they're consistently connecting, I think that'll help uh, both the growth of the quarterback and the receiver in that, in that position. I'd also like to see the offensive line create a situation where we can have a hundred yard running back, you know, and, you know, I know that that might be broken up between carries between two very good running backs, you know, but I'd love to see Najee break out here, um, you know, and pick up 80 yards or get a hundred yards. We got to get over that, that line, right. And, and get them some confidence get them back to where they were playing at the end of last season, you know, and where they were playing in the preseason, like just get them back to that, to that spot on the defensive side of the ball. You know, one, I want to get out of there with no injuries. You know what I mean? Injuries with the age of the defense can always come back and haunt. Uh, But you're right. I'd like to see Herbig uh, get a little bit more action if they can. And let's get out to a big lead. Let the Steelers, you know, um, you know, do what they need to do. Put pressure on Stroud to shut them down. Um, And and at that point, you know, then I think that the Porters and the Herbigs of the world uh, should be able to see the field a little bit more. And, and I, I think, you know, Porter's already seeing the field in the nickel and dime packages um, and has played well to date, you know, and if you can get him a little bit more here, especially later in the game and if Evans prediction does come true and the Steelers, you know, are up by a couple of scores and you can get these guys playing time, that will prove valuable as the season goes on. It's a long season and hopefully there's a, there's a postseason for this team, um, you know, and I'd love to see some of those guys uh, get some action this week. I agree with what a lot of you are talking about, what you guys have been talking about all night. And um, I guess we already know who we're all going to predict but uh, for the game. But I'm going to start off by by doing my prediction. I, I do think the Steelers will win. And I do agree with what Emmett said. He called it a trap game. But I call this I call this a Tomlin game. This is a game where you just get done beating Cleveland and winning a, a tough road game in Vegas. And you come back, you go back on the road, but you play a team that's, not that good. This is a game where the Steelers never seem to make it easy for the fans at home. So I, I'm saying 24-23 Steelers. I'm saying it's going to be like a last uh, – towards the end, Boswell's going to win. I think it'll be one of them games we're going to be scratching our heads at home, like what the hell is going on with this team, and, and they, they pull it out. I hope not, but this has the makings of one of them, um, them, them poor, dirty wins that the Steelers seem to get sometimes. Emmett, what do you think? What, what's your prediction of this? Uh, 34-17. 34-17 with a lot of garbage time points uh, for Houston. Uh, the biggest, the, the two, two, two most important things for Sunday is to come away with a win and come out not even more banged up than they are going in because they're going to need Every uh, capable body uh, for Baltimore, th- that, that's going to be an absolute, you know, slobber knocker. And they're already kind of dinged up as it is through three games. It's kind of at an alarming rate. Uh, just go in, take care of business, get the kids in and uh, get out of town uh, with the dub. That, that, that's all that matters. All right, Joe. I picked him to win by one. He picked him to win by seventeen. Are you gonna are you gonna put it in in the middle, or are you gonna go down the middle, or are you gonna go higher? No, I'm I'm closer to Emmett than I am with you. I think the game might. Well, I would say thirty-one seventeen. 
Uh, I do believe that the Steelers score a defensive touchdown uh, and the defense really shows out. I think this offense is very young for the Houston Texans. I think the Steelers defense can take advantage of that, not just with the rushing, but, you know, also they've got a veteran presence and in, in, in the defensive backfield, uh, I, you know, I say that, and we've all talked about Tomlin kind of, you know, dropping the ball in certain easy, at least on paper, easy win kind of games uh, and back-to-back road games are never easy. Uh, but I do think the, the defense wins the day. I think it might, it might shroud the offense from a, a poor performance. It might look better in a box score than it ends up being. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is the off, the time the offense kind of comes together and congeals and there's some consistency in back-to-back games um, and you don't want to do where we're all doing here. We have the luxury of looking ahead. Like we're all looking at that Baltimore game saying you might have two teams coming into that game at three and one. And if the Steelers go into a bye week as four and one with two and zero oh in the AFC North, that's a heck of a start, even though they had that really poor game. We have the luxury of looking ahead like that. The Steelers and this team doesn't, they've got to be focused on only uh, Houston. And you know, if they can go in there and, and have another consistent win with some offensive improvement that will definitely help us coming back home to face our arch nemesis in, in the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm going to say 31-17 with at least one defensive score. I think the one thing I, – I agree that the Steelers are going to win. The one thing we, we haven't really touched upon is that I know the Jaguars aren't – they're not a, a great team by no means, but they have some talent on the on the defensive end and the – uh in the offensive side, and they they got waxed at home against the Texans. Um, so I think I think I don't, I don't think it's going to be a pushover, but I think um, I think you guys may be right. The, the two touchdowns. I'm hoping it is. I hope it's one of them games, and I don't sit there and wait for the coach to make a horrible decision like the Raiders did on um, on Monday night. You know, on Sunday night, going for a, a field goal whenever they um, you know they were they were at the eight yard line and. We got the ball and pretty much killed the game. So, but guys, thank you so much. Great Steeler talk. Uh, we got the Texans coming up. I think you said the Ravens. Um, hopefully, the Steelers keep playing some good football, finding ways to win. The defense is finding ways to win right now, and hopefully, the offense um, picks up and will will uh, join the defense. And that, that's not a not a bad team once it all comes together. But thank you, Joe. Thank you, Emmett, and everybody. We're off the clock. Thank you, guys. Thank you.